Jamsi, founder of the British Blacklist, and I am here with a young lady who's been a long, long overdue conversation that I've been needing to have with her, which also makes me mad at myself. However, it's happening now. Please introduce yourself, young lady. Tell us who you are and what you do. Um, so my name is Danny Mosley. I'm an actor, writer and voiceover artist, sometimes facilitator, sometimes a director, um, orchestrator of all things creative. I'm from London. I'm a Londoner. I'm a British person, says my passport. My family are from the Caribbean, from Barbados and Jamaica. And I'm sure, obviously, if we really go further back, I'm probably from West Africa somewhere. So, Yes, I'll claim you. Let's, let's get you before the Nigerians get you. Uh, you're going <laughs> Before even of this, when I, I remember when I was doing uh, Brothers of No Game, and I was my character was very Afrocentric. Guys would meet me and they'd be like, "Oh, because obviously you're Nigerian," and I'd be like, "Probably at some point I was lineage-wise, but at this not right now." And people were shocked, but then people obviously from Ghana tried to claim me as well. I've been all over. I don't even know where to start because you've been doing this. Do you feel like you've been in the game forever? Do you feel like I've been in the game for like fifteen years? Is that standard procedure for where you are today from where you started? 15 years is about, is that about average? Average for who? Average because of my race. I don't know if that's average for me being a woman. I don't know if that's average because I come from a working class background. I don't know. It's a good question, but it's been long and it's been at times heartbreaking and at times a bit soul destroying. But the one thing I've always known is there's nothing else. Being creative is the only thing that makes my heart sing. There's nothing else I want to do. When you say it's been heartbreaking, what has been... I actually didn't want to write down any questions. I just wanted to chat. Because I guess it's just like, without projecting my thoughts about what I thought about your career, I'd like to hear it from you. What was... It'd be good to know what your thoughts were, actually. But I guess it was... I think there were times I was like, what's Danny doing? I see you. And it, and it is the transition from Facebook to social media, for sure. That actually has an impact... On, it's definitely had an impact on how we work at the British Blacklist and being a struggling, tiny platform that looks like it's huge. We rely on the most easiest way to get information. But I know that I used to see a lot of your posts about you're doing this, but it's facilitating. It seemed like you're more facilitator. And I couldn't quite grasp where's the acting bit and where's the actual, this is Danny Mosley's stamp on something. But it seemed like you were a cog in other people's wheel a lot of the time. So they yeah. go out and say, let's do a piece on you. It was never, it didn't ever seem like, okay, this is not Danny's thing. So this is not Danny's thing. So when it's Danny's thing, we'll come back and get her when it's Danny's thing. And then it's like, this is never Danny's thing. Talk to me about that. So it goes kind of back. So my first three years of acting were amazing. Like I booked a TIE job, which is theater and education. So I was like, okay, my first acting job, that was in York. Then I came back the day that I finished that tour. My agent was like, you've got an audition. So I was like, oh, okay. Came down, did an audition for a Skype advert I booked that the lead was a white girl and I went as one of the white girls highly melanated friends and every person that was going in the room was waiting on their white girl because the lead girl was called Katie and my white girl just didn't turn up so they were like we're really sorry like we'll just go in and just do your bit without her we'll just read in for her so I was like fine did that and they were like we've got some time so do you know what just read the Katie role like just you know, get a sense of it. So I was like, okay, cool. And then I remember my agent calling me saying, oh, you've been recalled. So I was like, oh, yay. Because, you know, I, I just started, I was like, oh, recall. And then my agent called me the next couple of days, like, oh, you booked the job. And I was like, oh, great. Because when I heard I got a recall, I thought, cool. So if my white girl gets it, then I'll, because I'm, you know, her friend. And then I got the, I got the job as the lead girl. And I was like, oh, did that. Then the next audition I got was 
the bill, booked that. And then the next audition I got was doctors booked that. So I had three years of just like consistent work. And I was like, get me. I'm just like, my, my agent was like, who are you? Where have you been? I was like, right. And then I started to have auditions and not booking roles. But I was like, it's fine. It's fine. The next one, the next one, the next one. And Danny was still spending, like the next one was really going to come up. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm back in my overdraft. How's that happened? That doesn't, I haven't had that since uni. That's mad. And then I realized, oh, this isn't a forever thing. Like you're going to have to do something else. Like I, I, it took me, so 2013 was when my no money started to really kick in. And I had no money literally in 2016. Um, and even a bit further than actually, because 2016, when I was like, I'm gonna have to get, no, 2013 was like, I'm gonna have to get another job. And it's one of those things, like I'm a spiritual person. It's one of those things where I'm just like, when, when what you want doesn't happen, in the interim, you learn other things about yourself. Absolutely. So I'd already started writing by then because I'd already co-written 40 Elephants. So that was doing its thing. And then the writing started to happen. And then the, I got into facilitation. So that was the money maker. And then I started to get into modeling, which people had told me to get into for ages and it just never happened. And I got some, a really good photo shoot and then people were interested in me. And then voices came over and then acting came. But then in between that time, I was still doing Brothers in a Game, online stuff. I was still doing short films. I was still, I was cultivating my writing. So I was still getting up to this point. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. Also, like I got a job that was a sky job and I got flown to South Africa. And I was like, oh, so South Africa road. And they were like, no, the country, Danny. And I was like, sorry, someone wants to fly me out. Okay. And then I flew business class, all of this sort of had my own phone, had my own driver. Yeah. And when the work dried up, I just thought there is no way the ancestors just thought, oh yeah, we're going to give you all of these jobs and give you all this money. And then that's your film. So you go back now and you do. So I knew that there was more, but there was clearly something that was happening within me that I needed to work out before I went to the next level. It just took longer than I thought. Is that normal that you get the highs and lows, that kind of glitz and glam, and then it can all go pear-shaped? Are there many other peers that have been through that? Or that is the norm. You know, I tell my closest friends and stuff what I earn. My friends that aren't in the industry, they're just like, oh my gosh, bare money, and it is, but that money's got to last you. Yeah. And actually, that might be the only job you get that year, or that might be the only job you get in six months. So that 27K, that seemed like a big whopper of a money. That's got to stretch, and you've still got rent, and you've still got to pay for things. There's still spotlight, there's still headshots, there's still other things as an actor you have to pay for, you have to go to, and things like that. So not everyone can stick at it. And me and my best friend, undoubtedly every three months will have a bit of a cry because we either haven't got the job we thought we were going to get or we were close to. It's just been a while. And we're just like, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. I don't get what the lesson is here that I'm supposed to learn. Like it is a consistent trying to find yourself and trying to know that it just stick into the belief. It, the belief is everything. And if you don't have it, it's this is going to be a lot of people have dropped out because they just can't hack it. Um, it seems like a lot of people drop out, but it seems like a lot of people are around and a lot of people are doing this. I mean, obviously, you know, we keep busy and are overworked because of the fact that it seems like it's so damn busy. There's so many of you creatives doing stuff in this new UK black renaissance in creativity. In that journey of discovery, what has that been like looking at how the industry's changed to receiving black creatives? Uh, the roles have been different. The depth of the characters have been different. I still think it's leaking. There'll be five or 10 actors that get out there and then that's all the industry is interested in seeing again. Mm -hmm. So then you've got the churn of those same 10 black actors and it's like, right, so we've got to wait 
until another next wave comes and then we can jump on that and be a part of it. Or they go off to America, so they're not here, so then we can, there's still that in the industry. And it's a bit like when I first started acting and was looking for an agent, or maybe I was, I'd finished with my first agent and was looking for my second agent because I've had six. I won't say who the agent was, but they, and it was a white agency, called me in and said they had a black, bigger lady and they had a slim black lady. And the slim black lady was on maternity leave and wasn't sure if she was coming back. And she was like, so we really like you. So if she doesn't come back, then we'll have you. But if she comes back, then, you know, we've already got your casting. And this woman, she was lighter than me. She wore weave. I didn't, her bone structure, just it wasn't me at all. But considering how many other white actors you had in your books that were blonde, brunette, and you had about five of each, I was just like, I don't understand why you just need one big, Black woman and one, because when we're all going to auditions, big or thin, we're all going up for that same role. No one's looking at if we're short, if we're tall, you're black. Because then some white girls were saying to me, yeah, but then you all go up for it, so you all get a chance. Of the one role, when, when you're in a TV series, there's like 17 of you. Yeah. And really, if you don't get one role, your agent could put you up for another role. When that one black role's gone, that's it. So we just wait for the next one. And mm. so... Yeah, it was hard. I'm now forgetting what your question was. It was, yeah. it was about the looking at how the landscape has changed, and you're saying yes, that. Thank you. there, and and I think it's everything because this is not our country, is it? So no matter what they say, no matter what our passport says, inherently we feel as black people, we know that this isn't our home, home, and we're visiting, and we're just allowed to stay because when they change their mind, we could go. It's that feeling of yes, we'll let a couple of you in. Yes, maybe we'll give you a little bit more agency. However, I just remember that. You're not ruling this. You're not running this. Yeah. And it's even interesting if I'm being truly honest with you, and I will be honest because what's the point in not? Even you saying like it's not our home, that's really difficult for me because I don't, though my family are from the Caribbean, when I go over there, they already know about how I, from when I speak, they're just like, okay, cool. But even how I dress and how I do my hair, I'm not from there. So there's no man's land then. That's me being super political and cynical, I guess. I don't think you're incorrect. Yeah, but it's that underneath thing. And I guess... It's the underneath thing. I personally will never feel like, as much as it's my home, it's my home away from home, not home. Mm. But not to be home. honest, the only place that's ever actually felt that home was me was when I went to Egypt. Oh, wow. I felt, and that's why, I don't know if you notice on my social medias, I use Nefertari. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I went to Egypt, I just felt home. I went, to, I think it was Abyssembol we went to, with the, the, it's one of the eighth wonders of the world and the, the men are sitting outside the temple. Mm. And I, when we got there, I was just like... I've been here before, this is really weird. And I noticed that me and my, at the time, black friend, we were both young, we was on this cruise ship with loads of older white people. And when we went on this tour, the tour guides kept calling the white women Nefertiti and kept calling me and my friend Nefertari. Oh. And I found out that Nefertari was a Nubian black queen of one of the pharaohs. And actually she was Ramesses the Great's first wife and he created a whole temple for her separate from him that not many people did. And when I heard that story, I was like, either I was her in a past life or she was my mum. There was just something about being there that I was like, even even living in my mum's home all my life, never felt like home. No, no, nowhere I've ever lived has ever felt like mine. But when I went to Egypt, there's something about the ground, there's something about the air, there's something around me. I don't know, spiritual pain or whatever it was. I am home. It just describe your life right now in a word or one sentence. I'm exhausted of being excited. Dreaming Once Black, I've been so excited for the last two weeks. I mean, every moment, every time we do something different with Dream Once Black, I get excited. But this has been a consistent two weeks of excitement that I am exhausted. Now, I am not complaining at all. 
But I am just like, we have done it. We have hit it. And being part of Brothers No Game, I feel like Dreaming Once Black went to the level that Dream, that Brothers No Game should have got, mm. but just never got that chance because maybe it wasn't the right time or whatever. But Dreaming Once Black got through where we thought this could go and where we thought this could reach and how it would connect with our community. It's doing that. Even like today, I was talking to one of my best friends. So in episode one of Dream What's Black, we've adapted a couple of the scenes. So do watch it again. And she was saying to me, it's a shame that they changed that scene. I preferred it more, you know, da, da, da. And I actually said to her, do you know what? The song choices that they've now made connect with the community more. So mm. actually I prefer the newer version to that. And then she was like, do you know what? I hear you, fair enough. I knew it changed and I was a bit like, what? And then when I sat there in the preview, we were busting up. And so many people I know and said to us at the second screening, I feel so seen and so heard. It's the first show that I've seen on the big screen on mainstream TV. That That's me. That's my auntie. That's my, it's like, it's hard for commissioners to find stuff. And it's, it's obviously not. They really don't get it. And it needs someone from that community to spearhead that. And Ajani was definitely the right person for that. So. So tired of being excited. Yeah, I was going to say living the dream, but then I'm also just like, I've got bills, so I don't know quite if I'm living the whole dream. But It's like, you like we've spoken from the jump that you've been in this, and it's interesting, it is, I even, it's so obvious, but I didn't necessarily formulate it in my mind, that you've been part of Brothers of No Game, and for those of you who don't know, which you should know when you're listening, that Brothers of No Game was a web series that was out, gosh, 2012. Danny was a part of the original cast, it was created by um, Leon Main and others. God, I'm going to forget everyone's name, so don't shoot me. And it featured a cast of up and coming British black actors and actresses. And it was groundbreaking because it was the, one of the first out of the web series boom to do its thing and really catch loads of numbers and really capture the culture at that moment, when, especially when we were lacking for visibility on the, in the mainstream. So Danny being a part of that cast and then being part of a web series pilot 10 years later, and then Demon Wise about being picked up for TV. It is very significant that you're part of that renaissance. In everything I've done, the Bill, Doctors, EastEnders, the Runaway and Skywalk, anything I've done, people are still like, Brothers in the Game, yeah? I remember I went to Berlin, I think it was three years after Brothers in the Game came out, and I went to an event and I didn't pay for no drinks. Wow. Because guys were like, Oi, that's someone from, are you mad? Wait, get this girl bottle. Like, it was just, I was like, my friend, hey, you want a shot? Because I can't do all of it. Like, it was crazy. I've got free Nando's from Brothers in the Game. People really enjoy it. And they just really, or people coming up to me and not even saying hi, just being like, so when's the next season? Hello, you are, sorry. <laughs> so, But I love the fact that people were so vocal and so I'd never had that with nothing I've done on TV. I've never, the bill maybe, yes, but that's just because it was, you know, mm. the bill. But yeah, but other than that, like nobody would come up to things like that. And again, I'm so grateful for that, but I was also grateful that these were two web series that I was like, I believe in you. And I believe I was supposed to be in both of them. I remember when I auditioned for Brothers No Game, I did the audition. And after a while, Leon and Paul just started chatting. And I was like, are we still auditioning? And then they got something in the next room. They're like, oh, do you want to come next door? Went next door, saw three of the brothers. And then they were talking, talking. They were like, oh, yeah, so this is this is Danny. She's going to play Simone. And then they were like, she's playing Simone. And they're like, yeah, man, she's got the role. Cool. So I was like, oh, we're just doing that? Okay. And then that was it. But I believe it's because... The essence of things, you can have essence of things yeah. like that. I wouldn't have even known it if certain people hadn't put it forward to me. And I was just like, oh, I don't really know what's this web series thing about. But again, it was a chance for us to have a voice. And again, you very much like a Johnny, you have someone like Leon Main who listens to you. Being a black man, yes, he's writing this thing about four black brothers, but he also knows when he's talking about black women, 
to consult your black actresses because you don't know everything. I didn't push on many things because it was like, it was fine, it was comedy, but there were certain things I was like, Leon, Simone's just not gonna, and he was like, okay, talk to me about it. And then you spoke and he was like, you know what, I hear you, cool, cool, cool. So it was beautiful that I could have those talks with those creators and they were willing to listen. So it was a collaborative thing. It did just feel like I'm going to work and, and the first three, two seasons were free. We just love doing it. Mm. And for the third season, they were like, we're not gonna do a third season without paying you, but they listened. That just doesn't always happen. And Adani was the same and 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 you playing, you well, actually tell us, who do you play in Dreaming Whilst Black? I play Amy. I don't know why I said like that. Yeah, I play Amy. <laughs> Me and Pobena went to uni together. And we were like dreaming and we were filmmakers like, yeah, we're going to do this. And it's like three years later and he's not where he wants to be. I'm not where I really should be because I'm still in it, but I'm just, I haven't moved up. We're still dreaming and we're still pushing through, but we've both got our glass ceilings that we're trying to to break through in our own different ways. I've watched the first three. There's a few things Amy goes through that will resonate very much with the audience. Definitely in my world, I know people who are experiencing the same thing. How did you collaborate with... Ajani to enhance Amy, similar like the conversation you had with Leon to make sure that Amy stays authentic and true and someone that we can identify with. I mean, the beautiful thing about that was that I'd already done the web series. So me and Ajani became really close from the web series and I really believed in it. And so him and Ali, who's the other writer, would, you know, when they were doing the, the pilot and working things out, even before I had to audition again, um, even when they were doing the point, they were like asking me questions like, oh, would Amy have this type of drink? Would she do this? Did it, mm. like but to be fair, the microaggressions, I mean, I, know, I remember that Ajani put out on a WhatsApp, he was just like, guys, send me all your microaggressions that you've ever been through. So he asked the community themselves. So I'd been through the people wanting to touch my hair. That's, that's nothing new. It's interesting because sometimes when white people say things to you, you're like, oh, really? But then if a black person said the same thing, it doesn't hit the same. So even like, if a white person says to me, oh, you're so articulate, you're so well-spoken. And I'm just like, why is that? What is it about me that you're surprised about that? Whereas if a black person was to say to me, like you handled yourself really well, you spoke really clear and articulate, I know that they mean it. And they're just like, you did your thing in that moment. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I'm not being told I did my thing in that moment. I'm being told like, wow, you. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. And I've been through that in the acting industry, in the finance industry, in the, the education system, there's just been so many points where it just happens all the freaking time. And I'm like, we're still doing this. We're still doing this. So when it came to the script, I was like, yeah. And if the director said to me, we're going to give you 10 tapes and every take do a different face expression for someone saying thing, I could do it. Because mm. I've had an entire lifetime researching for this role. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Without even asking to write the meaning to. The backstory of a character you're not going to get, you know, monologues like, this is who I am, this is when I was born, and all the things that feed the character for us to understand who their experience and their life journey so that we can empathise with them. However, it's great to have that because, it's, it's, as you said, all the experiences you've had feed into who Amy is on screen and how you deliver her and what you put into her. I don't know, is that ever difficult? Because this is a comedy, it's lighthearted. I don't know, is it ever hard just balancing the depth of the character with what's got to go on screen and what doesn't go on screen. I don't know. I I'm, I don't know if I'm well, being- It's interesting because, you know, as much as the show is what it is, don't think I didn't see it that's going to be like, ah, we've got that scene short. Or I had ADR and I was like, oh, that that's where we went. But we have to also remember that there's 
production companies and there's execs and mm. there's other people that have put money into it and want certain things. And Ajani, I will always commend him. He has worked so hard to yeah. keep as much as he can in there because he's just like, this is this is for our community. This actually is a there was a post of the gentleman that was in um, sex education and he was saying that it was told that, you know, but I, I don't think white women is going to understand. And he was like, they don't need to. How many things do you not put on that, that we don't understand? We can just go with it. That's what it is. And so Ajani was very much just like, this is for the wider public to view and be like, oh, okay, but this isn't for you, for you. This is for our community to be seen and heard for real. So that for us to have proper discussions, not this whole... It doesn't happen nowadays. It's not the 90s. No one would ever put their hand against your arm and say, oh, I'm nearly as dark as you. That still happens. It happened to my friend. We talked to someone uh, literally two days ago and she said that happened to me. Someone said that they went on holiday to Ibiza and she was like, oh, and I was almost as dark as you. And it's just like, why are you, why are you smiling at me when you say that? It's not funny. Black culture is cool, but being black isn't. You love our culture. We don't want to be us. You wouldn't dare dream to be us because you know. <laughs> but then you're doing the most to be as close to us as you can with our music and our hairstyles and our skin color and our lips and our bum. I don't know what that is. That's not even self-hating. I don't know I don't know what that, that's the next type of, um, you know, know, when the empire came and just took everything. <laughs> it's like yeah. an, another way of doing that, but on a really weird level. What were some of the pressures of being involved in this project? And I can imagine as Johnny is a creator, I know the world's on his shoulders, but you as part of it, what were some of your kind of, nervous anticipations for when this gets when dreaming whilst black was re-released what i was worried about i think if i'm being honest with myself when i went to the first preview i was just like i don't want to let the side down it's a funny show and it's a poignant show and i don't want a people to get to my bit to be like oh she's on there again like what's she and so boring not funny or so like it just it didn't hit enough so it was a nice surprise to me when people groaned or gasped or laughed or like when i when one of the employees goes to touch my hair and I move my head back, some people were like, what? Yeah. Like understanding and feeling. So it felt like people felt a part of it. And so I was just like, oh, okay, cool. I, I do relate. I am, because my whole thing is about relating to an audience and engaging with them and representing them in some sort of way, even if it's not directly. Because it's a show where it's not supposed to be, it's got its comedy, but Johnny was very methodical and meticulous about the fact of, he's allowing his audience to find what the funny bits are. He's not necessarily yeah. telling you what the funny bits are. He's allowing you to find them. And they do find them and they are there in all sorts of different ways. So I was just like, I don't know how that's going to work with Amy. I don't know if that's going to land, but I think it lands in that this is ridiculous kind of way. In a comedy, or nowadays they are, series are kind of crossing genres, which I think helps because life is funny. It's serious, it's dark, it's light. It's all of those things. I think not every character needs to be the comedic ca character. There are some characters that can be comedic in just everyday life and others, like some of the characters, you can tell that they're there for laughs. So far, so good. It worked in yeah. how the comedies live and stuff like that. In this whole project, what, what are some of the highs, lows and solutions? Any obstacles you to, that you went through? Uh, having my role put out twice was hard. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. Weirdly enough, it wasn't so hard that I had to audition the first time. Because I was just like, that's weird, but you want us all to prove ourselves. And although myself and Ajani didn't think we needed to, it was just like, that's what they've asked. And Ajani's like, come in, smash it, show them what you could do. And I did. Everyone enjoyed it. Everyone liked it. But then what was hard is that it went out again. And that was hard. Why because, uh, again? Good question. I wouldn't like to say my opinion as to why it went out again. Potentially because I wasn't a name. That was hard. And I just had to sit and wait. 
And it was difficult because other actors would assume that because they were going up for it, that I must've got a bigger role somewhere else. So that's why I wasn't doing it as opposed to me just being like, nope, I'm going up for this with you. That's one of the low points. Like I cried when that happened because I was just like, I don't know what else I can do now. I, I, I gave you what you said you wanted and you accepted it and now it's gone out for whatever the reason is. And I had to wait and that was that was difficult for me waiting those two months while they, I know that they're self-taping and recalling and chemistry testing and all that sorts of stuff. But the beautiful ending is that it, the role was always mine. In the end, I got it. That was good, but during that period, it was horrible. Like, Lester Johnny, he would update me as we went along, but I was like, I got to a point where I was like, I'm starting to have anxiety attacks. Just tell me when you lot have decided, because I can't, it's just too much. I think you had a normal reaction because I would probably be a state a wreck and I wouldn't want to hear anything. It might even have a bit of ego. I'm like, I'm not taking it now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you manage the roller coaster of this industry and make that resolve that it's going to be okay? It goes back to belief and trust that this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, I, I'm a true believer that I'm a storyteller and that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, Simone from Brothers on the Game, that was always my role. It was just waiting for me to turn up and do what I had to do. And I believe the same with DreamWorks Black. I just had to turn up and do, and I had to turn up a couple of times for that one. And the same, like the two roles that were meant, I did I did a role for Skype ad and I did a role for doctors that both meant for white women and I got it. And even like a role that I went up for in Sky, they asked to see me, but I was on tour and the casting director was really upset that I didn't turn up because my agent at the time didn't tell me I wasn't coming. Then they put the role out again, couldn't find anyone, put the role out again. I went up for it. And in the room, the casting director was like, oh, because you didn't turn up two weeks ago, did you? And I was like, Oh, well, no, because I was doing a talk. Oh, well, no one told me. Well, I bet you better come in then. And I just thought, oh, well, what is the point? She yeah. clearly hates me. This is done. And then I booked the job. And that happened again with a job in Berlin. There was a casting director that refused to see me twice. And on the third time, and they were putting it out, getting people, wasn't right, put it out again. My agent put me up for again. They were like, no, 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 we don't need Danny. We, we know what we're looking for. Called the people in, didn't work. They put it out a third time. And my agent was like, just see Danny. Like, it's five minutes just see her and they saw me and I booked the role. So again, I just feel like when it's your, don't, when I say it's yours, it's yours. I don't mean you just rock up. You don't know your lines. You just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. So just, yeah. you have to put the work in, but there is something about you and the way you're saying those lines and the way you're connecting with that director that they're like, it's her, get her. So that's the only thing that keeps me going. I know I've had so many experiences in my life where I didn't have to get it and I did that I'm just like, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know it's going to take this long and I still don't know how much longer it's going to take for me to do the other things I want to do internationally. But I'm just like, well, Danny, if it feels this good, like how it feels now to get here and it takes, please don't take another 15 years, but you know what I mean? If it takes a little bit more time, it will be worth it because this feeling is crazy. Have you tried America? Have you, did you do I that? I haven't tried America yet just okay. because... Um, I'm not, I don't want to just go out there and try my luck. Getting a visa is very expensive. And actually healthcare is not a thing over there. And I'm not trying to go over there with no healthcare and something happened. So I'd rather go under the guise of a project. And I don't necessarily want to live there. I want to be there when I'm doing a project and then I want to come back home. Okay. So, yeah. Fair dudes. All right, so let's get to know you some more. What's your current plan B? If it all goes wrong, what's the plan? Oh, so I always let people know that my plan A is you know, being creative and thriving in that. And my plan B is making sure that plan A happens. There you go. What's made you sad, mad or, and glad this week? And you know, this week's already started. So I guess from last week, what made you sad, mad and glad? Oh gosh, what made me sad? Uh, what made me sad? I can't, I'll get back to that. What made me glad? Do you know what's that? What made me mad? 
I can't even say it used to be how long this took to come out, but now I'm just like, everything has timing. So I'm not even mad at that. So I don't know. Do you know what? I'm sure there's something that's happened in the news that's been going on. Oh, I was mad at, I was sad about the girl that pretended that she got abducted and she didn't. I'm mad at the weather. I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm mad. What's it doing? I agree, I agree. And um, what are you watching right now? I just finished Champion. That was cool, I really enjoyed that. Oh, I saw Mission Impossible. That's not really what you're watching, but I saw that in 4DX. That was crazy. I love 4DX, but the bumping, that was like, it was a lot. So 4DX is when the, the, the chair moves and the wind, the water, I turn off the water because we're not here for that. But yeah. Oh, what, your face? What? I haven't done that before. I think I've had a moving chair, but not water. Yeah, there's spritz of, you can turn that off, but it, they get air like, shh. it's all, it's like a, you are there in the movie. It's very fun. Okay. Uh, what are you reading right now? Interesting. What am I reading? I don't read as much. I audio audible things because I read scripts as a writer and I read scripts as an actor. And so it's, it hurts my eyes. Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Everisto. Okay. Everisto. Yes. Cool. What are you listening to right now? I mean, I'm a 90s R&B girl. I'm just always going back there. I just find myself there. I find myself listening to some garage. Then I love Neo Soul. So Jill Scott, D'Angelo, I'm just... There's a song that I keep playing again and again. It's called Still Believe by PJ Morton, Jill Scott and Alex Isley. Okay, I'm going to check that out. I haven't heard that. But sometimes Neo Soul annoys me. I, oh. Leon and I always argue about this. Why? Just, I cannot. Sometimes it's just too incense, Bernie. It's me. I'm a, a little bit thuglet. Anyway, what's the last thing you saw on stage? And it could be a concert or a play. I saw something after the Nigerian schoolgirls play. I definitely saw something after that. But for some reason, that's the first one that's pink. African me. Mean Girls play. And it's Ghanaian. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I really, I have seen something since then, but unfortunately, I can't remember what it was. Um, what's on your bucket list? I want to be in a Marvel film, but I lead in a Marvel film. I want to do Star Wars. I want to go on a hot air balloon. I want to have multiple houses in multiple countries. I want to be able to take all my family and friends on a kind of, not all expenses, but like I'll pay for your accommodation and you bring your spending money and maybe just sort out your flights and things like that. But like, I want to do that for a year, pay people's, what's it called? Tax that you have to pay. Do you know, I just want to be able to, to gift people things. I want to be able to give initiatives. So if I get to go somewhere for free, like if I get to go to Wimbledon for free because I'm a somebody, then I still want to buy tickets for somebody else to go for free, to have a competition. Like I want to, I want to give people that don't have the opportunity experiences. I want to do that. That's very lovely. What's, where's your happy place? My apartment, because it's all mine. Celebrate someone else. Who do you rate right now? Jodie Simone. From um, Jimmy Watts back, Jodie Simone, the costume designer. She did a good damn job. Um, celebrate yourself, make us proud of you. Oh, um, I'm proud that I'm still here and I'm still in the industry and I'm still thriving. And I've been through a, quite a bit of personal stuff this year, but I managed to get my own place. I didn't think I'd be able to get my own place by myself. And I'm just talking about renting, but I still didn't think I could do it and I've done it. And I'm like, wow, you did that. And that was a big thing for me. And I'm just so happy in my space and I'm setting boundaries and I've, I'm going to pad therapy. And I'm, I've booked myself a holiday to the Maldives in September to congratulate myself on the hard work, all expenses, like business class, luxury resort and the sea, like I'm doing it. No. So. I love that. Whose footsteps are you following in? I think Viola Davis's, I think. I would like to think so. What's next? 
one thing about this industry is you can't say until the other production puts it out. You're not allowed to say. That's fine. It's a very common answer to this question that I ask. It's fine. Okay, cool. But I am doing a, I am doing a podcast. I'm doing two podcasts. One is a script editor as Jenny's with Grace. I'm very excited about that. So that's going to come out um, this year, hopefully. And then I'm doing a fictional podcast set in the 1800s about a black woman. Um, and I'm doing that with a company called Unedited. And I'm a writer in that. So I'm very excited about this. Hello. So I can tell you that this thing. And um, just repeat for us, when can we watch Dreaming Whilst Black? You can watch Dreaming Whilst Black now. It's streaming on iPlayer, all six episodes. Do watch episode one again because there are some adaptations. Watch it. Tell your friends. Share with everybody. Watch it a couple of times. It, it's for you. It's for our community. So please enjoy it. Please share it with whoever you can. Like it's, it's, It means a lot to us. And we're, we're very excited to share it. Let's give us your favourite moment that in this whole series of Dreaming Was Black, that, give, that that kind of underpins why you're so glad to be a part of it. A favourite scene or moment? My favourite moment was when I would we'd be in the hotel and this particular moment was me, Copy the director, Ajani and Ali the writers, Barbillier was sitting there eating at the hotel, talking about the scenes that we just did that day. And we were doing different scenes, just did that day, discussing the themes, the topics, and then talking about what we'd be filming the next day and talking about the themes and topics and what we'd be doing. And I, just, I had a moment where I sat there and I looked at everyone and I was like, I am doing a TV series where I am a lead, playing alongside my friends as well as creatives that I actually admire and I'm getting paid to do it and we're being creative and this is just our life for the next six weeks. This is just what we're doing. I was like, this is insane. This is the best. That was my best moment. Danny, it's been wonderful and um, make us proud, Belle. Made us proud. Well done. Give it a shot. I'll do what I can.